0: The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 201 for April 4th, 2010. The iPad arrives, data now outpacing voice for overall traffic, and 2.1 comes to the droid. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Koppis. Brought to you by Netflix and supported by listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at thecellphonejunkie.com. This show is also supported by The Cell Phone Junkie podcast application for the iPhone and iPod Touch, now available in the iTunes Store for $1 and 99 cents. Well, Joey, today good to see you again back in uh, Minnesota together recording here. Always fun to do.
1: It is cuz we can, you know, talk face to face and have a nice smooth conversation.
0: Well, and the thing I love about recording here is you've got just a fantastic environment for recording. I mean, we've got some professional equipment here, compressors, I mean, the whole, you know, deal behind this is is very much we love to have high quality audio for this show. And so to have uh, the ability to be able to record not only together but in a way that hopefully sounds as good as we possibly can here is one of my favorite things.
1: I like it a lot. You know, it's for me. It's always kind of fun. It's it's a challenge to try to make it sound better each time.
0: Yeah, and we've got uh, we've got a couple of compressors here that are doing most of the heavy lifting for us here, and some. Uh, I think they're are these both MXL microphones. Uh, no, I've
1: got a rode and you've got an MXL here.
0: Okay, so rode and MXL microphones. So high quality equipment here. And uh, we're going to post up a a little video here as well. And uh, so if you follow me over on YouTube, which I think I'm under GT2697, if you search for that, you'll be able to see a little picture here as we were doing a little pre-show video of uh, some some audio testing and stuff like that. So anyway, a lot of fun back in Minnesota recording here this weekend. Well, let's jump right into the news here. Uh, The first thing here, RIM announced that its earnings for the fourth quarter were a little bit shy of expectations, but still not all that bad. Uh, they missed their their estimate of 4.31 billion by only 230 million dollars. Uh, though uh, Rim's co CEO Jim Basili had stated that uh, the company is off to a great start in fiscal year 2011 and expects strong shipments, revenue, subscriber, and earnings in the first quarter. So actually, this was for the fourth quarter of 2010, based on how their fiscal calendar is set up. So, But overall, they had 4.9 million new accounts activated in the quarter, bringing up to a total of 41 million. So that's pretty good for them. Annual revenue grew 35% to $15 billion versus the prior year. So great news for BlackBerry. As I mentioned at the beginning, a first for mobile phones here, data traffic has outpaced voice traffic last year. In a report released uh, by a telecom consultant, that the financial statements of carriers uh, basically brought him to believe uh, that the amount of traffic that was pushed through the data networks in 2009 had outpaced voice traffic for the first time ever. He also stated that global data traffic exceeded an exabyte of data. So, Joey, I want to talk about that because I read that and I didn't actually even know where that ranked and everything. So, so how does it go here? From it goes megabyte and then gigabyte and then obviously terabyte. And that's what the consumers know.
1: Yep. And then we go one step up from there, a petabyte. Then we get to exabyte. So that is, uh, each one is a magnitude of a thousand um, up. So it's quite it's quite a jump.
0: Yeah. So if thinking about that, if you've got in, in bytes and then kilobytes, so that's following five zeros, right? And then megabytes is eight zeros. Am I, yeah, am I off to yeah, the right one here? I okay. So. I think so. Gigabytes would then be 11. Terabytes is 14. Petabytes, you said, was the next thing? Yeah. 17. Yep. Exabytes, 20 zeros following a one. So we hit one followed by 20 zeros of data across the world last year. Just it, insane. It is insane. It's a lot of data. Finally, 4.6 billion total cellular subscribers in the world with a penetration rate of just above 68%. So interesting news there uh, for worldwide statistics. The Wall Street Journal reporting that AT&T sent two of its wireless network experts over to Apple during 2009 to find a way to reduce the iPhone strain on the AT&T network. The two companies worked together and Apple invented new technologies that changed the way the iPhone connected to at and T's cell towers. Based on continued meetings between the companies, the iPhone now puts less stress on the network when seeking cell towers and checking for text messages. In addition to those changes with the iPhone itself, AT&T is taking measures to improve the network itself and is tweaking cellular configurations by adding cell tower backup capabilities and adding cell sites as part of a 100-day improvement plan that they set forth in front of
1: AT&T. Well, we talked a little bit about this in the last Unlock show, didn't we, Mickey, where we uh, it was something like the network release uh, or the standby that they had um, they they had to make some adjustments to because you remember the first firmware uh, adjustment that they made for the iPhone 3g made quite a big difference
0: yeah basically when you had you had an iPhone it was connecting to the internet and then as soon as it would get done with the data session it would then disconnect and it would uh, allow the user to do whatever and process whatever they were looking to do and then come back on uh, to do whatever the next step was but that would require them to reconnect up to the network And when that happened, it was just constantly between the millions of iPhones that were out there causing a lot of strain. So AT&T and Apple working together here and putting together this plan to uh, upgrade the networks. And honestly, personally, I've seen a lot of improvements from uh, AT&T in the networks of late and have been very happy uh, with my service with them. So anyway, I'm I'm pretty, pretty excited to uh, see that this was actually part of a formal uh, process that they did together. And good news for both AT&T and Apple in that relationship. Also starting this week, Verizon Wireless has started running a promotion for both Palm Pre Plus and Pixie Plus devices. The Pre Plus is being offered now at just $50, and users can get one for free if they buy one. The Pixie Plus is being offered for $30 and also with a buy one get one free option. Verizon also said that it would be giving away the mobile hotspot application on both phones for free. The software allowing both the Pixie and Pre Plus to act as mobile hotspots was always a free download, but Verizon has agreed to get Rid of the $20 per month charge to let people use it. Users have already that have already downloaded the application will see a zero charge for it on their next bill. Verizon did not say how long the promotions would last. But Joey, I'm excited that after, you know, we saw these devices come out and we were talking uh, about them and this was right after CES when they announced them and how great it was that they were offering these hotspot services on a phone. Granted, they were charging for them. And I I, I at the time I said, this is not going to work. This is it's way too much money. People are not going to pay for it. They're recognizing that they're moving forward and they're saying, guess what? If you're an owner of one of these devices, you can use it for free.
1: Well, I think they've realized that people really don't use the tethering that much for, for the most part. I think uh, there's a couple of users that probably go way above a a normal user, Um, but it's just one of those occasional use things that's just great to have. Uh, It's so awesome when you need it. But you just don't use it that much.
0: Yeah, and we talked about this last week with the Rogers announcement that they were getting rid of the tethering for uh, the iPhones, and that look, they they gave this promotion out for six months or whatever it was, and then they said, you know what, we're going to just keep it. It's worth it for you know, kind of a, an additional added
1: value for our customers. And you know how you know how popular the um, you know the the, the hotspots are, the little MiFis, They you know that. That's what you have. You've got that functionality on your phone. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, in, intrigued to try out a device like this because I think it would be fun to have that with me all the time. And at the same time, I'm just not a, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not totally sold on uh, the pre or Pixie hardware right now. I think the Web
1: OS as a as an operating system is great, though. It is. It, you know what? It, it is probably the best OS that's out there right now. Um, but of course it, it's kind of lacking in a little bit of potential. And of course the marketing power, I, I still, I, I keep, I'm so angry at Palm for, for not marketing it like they should, because it is a very good OS. I think there's
0: a lot more that can be done with it. And I think if Palm is keeps going down the road that they're going to, I, I think they can they can get there and they can show its, more, its potential here. Uh, getting agreements here with all these carriers here now, you know, we know that they're coming out with AT&T here very soon too. You know, the top three carriers here, they've got their hardware on. So that's that's very good.
1: And the thing, we just, we, we haven't seen a new piece of hardware yet, which is a little disappointing here. We, we should be seeing one very soon if they, they, they want to keep things fresh.
0: Yeah, absolutely, cuz it's uh, it's one of those things. It's uh, you know, we we love the devices, but we love to see new ones as well. So, hopefully something new from Palm soon. Clear and Sprint announced that they have launched their WiMax wireless broadband services in the Houston market, the 28th market to go live here in the US. The Houston area now covers more than 1900 square miles and more than 4 million people. Retail stores will open the locations in First Colony Mall, K Mills Mall, Willowbrook Mall and the Woodlands Mall, as well as Baybrook Mall. In addition to select Best Buy and Radio Shack and Fry's outlets in the Houston area, they're offering a two-month promotion where customers will receive the first two months of service for $50 a month instead of the listed $60. Sprint announced some alterations to its 30-day trial period for new customers. Starting on the 1st of uh, April, new customers who uh, are in the first 30 days of the contract and wish to cancel will have all fees returned to them. That includes not only the device and activation fees, but also the early termination fee and a full refund for the service plan monthly charges and all associated taxes. Sprint surcharges and associated fees will also be refunded as well. Previously, customers canceling within the first 30 days of a contract were subject to at least some of the fees, including a per diem rate for the days uh, that they used the Sprint service. Sprint calls this policy change a satisfaction guaranteed or money back. So great news there for Sprint for making this
1: change. It is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's great for the consumer. If you test out Sprint, It. it basically gives you a no risk uh, trial. Yeah, absolutely. Even even though a per diem rate is, I mean, you'd only be out for, you know, 15, 30 bucks, I, I suppose, depending on your plan.
0: But it literally gives you the opportunity to try it with no strings attached and full money back guarantee. There's no reason not to try. There would
1: it. be a strings attached based on a credit uh, credit check. OK,
0: a small string. Yeah, a very small string. But if you're looking to try out Sprint, you don't have anything to worry about. You can always return it. We'll help support the Cell Phone Junkie by signing up for a two week free trial of Netflix plans, starting at four ninety nine per month. Over 100,000 titles to choose from. Keep each movie as long as you want. No late fees ever. Free shipping both ways. Free delivery in about one business day. Cancel any time. And as a bonus to your DVDs, watch some of the movies over the Internet for no additional charge. Joey and I appreciate your support of the show by signing up for a free trial. Trial of Netflix. Well, this week I got to try something out that I never had before Netflix on the iPad. Starting this past week, April 1st, Netflix announced an application available in the iTunes Store for the iPad, allowing users of the hotly anticipated device, which we're going to talk more about in a second to stream videos from their instant uh, catalog directly to the iPad for free. You go onto the iTunes Store, download the free application, and then you can start using it. It's a real easy, uh, nice thing to be able to try out here. So if you're a new owner of the iPad, I've got a great uh, incentive here for you. If you want to try out Netflix and see how great it is on your new toy, head over to thecellphonejunkie.com. On the right side of the page, there's a link that says uh, Netflix there. Click on that. It'll launch you over to the Netflix site, and you have two weeks to test out their services. And I know you're going to like it. They do a real great job uh, with sending out the DVDs nice and quick, so you get your DVDs, your physical media if you want it that way. If you want to watch it over your iPad or other device uh, that uses this, you can now do that as well. And if you've got a Wii, you probably have received your Netflix disc that came in the mail here over the last few weeks, and you can now stream it over the Wii. So there's lots of different ways to watch netflix content and uh, the ipad is yet another way to do so coming soon Netflix streaming on the iPhone. Steve Swazy, VP of Corporate Communications has said that it is coming. So we'll see when that happens here. But great news. I'm I'm very excited about Netflix. They just keep throwing out great value with my subscription.
1: Yeah, it, the it, you know what? I am really surprised how Netflix has uh you know, this is not even, you know, sponsorship aside how quickly they've added devices and support for their online uh their online streaming. I mean, they've really they've lived up to their name of Netflix. I mean, it's really coming to you from over the net. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I always love their the, the the DVD service because it just to me, it makes so much sense financially and for, you know, time wise and no late fees. Um, it's just a really cool business. And uh, I just love that you don't have to drive to the store to, to, to rent and return discs.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a great thing. Like I said, easy to sign up for a free trial if you don't already have an account. And uh, if you do it through our site, uh, we certainly appreciate it because it helps to keep them as a sponsor of the show. Well, let's talk about it. The iPad, it's available if you can find it. It's out there at least. Uh, I received mine yesterday. That was April 3rd. It came uh, to me via UPS. I chose the direct shipping option because it didn't feel like traveling out to uh, an Apple store for the day. I know that's kind of a fun thing to do, but just wasn't, was not I wasn't feeling it, so I decided to have it shipped directly to me went with the 16 gig model with no 3g obviously the 3g models will be out late april so if you want to get your 3g model you're gonna have to wait a few weeks but uh, i do have it here I, I will say at this point i'm happy that i went with the 16 gig model uh, i have a 32 gig iphone which has a lot of my music on it that i listen to regularly and so i didn't need to have that in duplicate uh, videos could be a little bit cramped i, I realized that going into it though and uh, a lot of the movies that i have are compressed down to i think it's m4 p 4 m m4v or whatever the apple uh nomenclature is and so i've got a lot of videos like uh that that i can watch in that format so that's a nice easy way to do it and they're only like six to seven hundred megs a piece and so i can fit you know Probably fifteen movies on it without even blinking. Um, Applications only take up you know less than a gig on it. So and then a little bit for pictures as well. So sixteen gigs really worked for me. I'm not trying to justify it to anybody, but that was kind of my the way the reason that I went with that is because I didn't feel a need to carry around all my music in two places. So initial thoughts on it: number one, it's a big iPad or a big iPhone. Uh, That's really what it is. The iPad is a big iPhone. Um, You look at this thing. And it almost doesn't it look comical, Joey? I mean, the interesting thing. Joey is reading all of today's show notes and going through everything here on the iPad. He's, uh, you know, playing with it here, testing it out, and and doing fun stuff with it. So, um, I don't know. What do you what do you think about it? I mean, it's it's a
1: very it's futuristic, right? It is. It it is. It's something from Star Trek. Seriously. I mean, so is the iPhone and the iPod Touch. You know, this is like a big iPod Touch because there's no phone built in, but it's it's very um it, it's it's heavy. Mm-hmm. Is my impression of it here, Mickey? Because I'm holding it and you know rotating it around, and it's uh, it, it's it's amazing, but it is heavy. Um, it, it's hard to hold on to because there's it, it's it's slippery for one thing, so it makes it difficult to hold on to. It's heavy. Um, there's no like built-in kickstand, which it could really benefit from. Um, but there's some aftermarket cases that are uh, or, or even Apple cases that are going to be available shortly for it to really help that. Um, it's yeah, I mean, if you're familiar with an iPod uh, iPod Touch you you're familiar with this device with the exception of a few new apps and some uh bigger screens
0: well and they've done you know certain things like obviously to read the show notes here we're we're using safari safari uh, does access Google documents and allows you to read documents that have been posted there. You cannot edit them, which is something that I'm trying to figure out here. Uh, Quick Office is, I know, an alternative for that. And that's a whole other story. Anyway, I can't figure out how to edit Google documents efficiently on this thing yet, but that's something for the future. The display is amazing. I mean, I, I think this is probably one of the best displays in a device of, of this Style that I've seen in a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you if you're familiar with the iPhone or iPod Touch, it's the same brightness. It's the very, very same, you know, crispness, uh, easy to read uh, text that they they share.
0: Now the keyboard. This is, I think, going to be a big point of contention between you know people that are you know comfortable typing on a piece of glass like those that are already iphone users and those that are used to physical cordy keyboards and devices like say blackberries or centros or whatever it is and I'll, I'll say i think it's extremely usable uh i've been using it for you know the last day here um i did an, a typing test iphone if you're interested in doing a typing test on any mobile device this is a great one to use i was between 50 and 60
1: words a minute on the keyboard i, I think that's very usable that's extremely usable. Um, that I, I saw you typing. I couldn't even believe it. Um, <laughs> there's one thing, you know, I'm trying it right now in, in, in portrait mode uh, using my thumbs, you mm-hmm. know, like you would use an i an iPhone. It's pretty usable that way. The one feature I see that's missing is the little pop-up that shows you what key your thumb is actually hitting. Yes. It, 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 you, you can't see that. Um, that's one little thing I thought was uh, kind of missing. But it, I mean, it's so much bigger. It's not Really, that big of an issue?
0: Yeah, if you're familiar with the iPhone, it's the keypad is looks does look a little bit different. Interestingly, if you use and load applications that you've used on your iPod or or iPhone, you can do that. Obviously, that was one of the big things with this: is that the entire 150,000 uh, titles in the iPhone application store right now are are currently available on the iPad, or almost all of them. There are some that don't quite work right, and I'll get into that in a second too. Uh, but what I will say is that. It's not a very good experience. I, I really have not been impressed with loading and using applications that were designed for the iPhone. Uh, obviously, you can blow it up to two times the size. It is blurry. Uh, that is, that is you know, I mean, this was designed for a screen that has the resolution of like a quarter of this. So, of course, they're going to look blurry.
1: Yeah. And this, this is, uh, from what we read, this is just exactly two times for uh, the the standard iPhone resolution, I think, was what it was. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was exactly double, but um, they didn't really do a very good job of anti- aliasing the graphics um so everything looks kind of nasty when it's blown up Mm -hmm. Uh, otherwise it's really tiny in the size of the screen i mean it's exact same size as an iphone screen when you have it at regular resolution which then looks as intended yeah but you want to take advantage of the entire screen you do And, and i think that can be uh fixed via firmware updates in the future i think they can do a better job of that and of course app developers will remake their applications to be more ipad compatible so basically with it's going to become a non-issue probably fairly quickly especially with with popular apps that they're going to update them. And it'll be you won't even notice after a little bit.
0: That's a very good point. In fact, some already have started to do that. We mentioned Netflix here. Obviously, there's no Netflix application for the iPhone, but there is one specifically for the iPad. And it's great. WordPress now has one. The Weather Channel has one. Weatherbug, uh, IM Plus and Evernote are the devices or the applications that I've already installed on it. And each one of those looks very good because they've designed it for the bigger resolution. And uh, I'm pretty happy about that.
1: Yeah, and you showed me the Gmail application as well, where you get a split screen where you can uh, view the the list of emails as well as see the contents on the same screen.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty nice one. If you're not comfortable using the built-in mail client or you just don't want to use the built-in mail client, you can head over to uh, just the mail.google.com site, log in, and it looks almost identical. They did a nice job with creating an interface that looks very similar to what the native one does for the mail application on on the device. And uh, the nice thing is, is that it does the threaded messages. So if you're a Gmail user and you know how each of your conversations gets threaded, it does that in that particular view. So you can actually see different conversations on the right side of the screen while you have your entire inbox essentially on the left. So that does a nice job there. Uh, Kudos to Google for getting that out so quickly. Uh, A couple other comments here Uh, on the device itself. uh, My wife was pretty funny about this one as as she took some time to play with it. And she said, you know what? It is a bit awkward to hold. And I have to agree with her. Joe, you mentioned that, too. You don't really know what you're supposed to be doing. And Apple said, you know, there's no right way to hold it. But it doesn't
1: feel like there's even a good way to hold it. There isn't uh, it, it, I'm like right now I'm propping it up on the edge of the desk, but it's too heavy to do this for any period of time. It's a pound and a half, which for something
0: like this, I mean, it, it is a piece of aluminum with a piece of glass with a battery, and all this technology inside of it, I mean, a pound and a half is pretty good.
1: Yeah, the the metal backing. It, this really should be a plastic backing. Yeah.
0: Well, but they wanted the quality, you know? That was the... Now, that was the whole thing. They said, you know, we, we really would like to have, you know, the quality of this thing that looks like, you know, the MacBooks and stuff like that. And so it, uh, you know, they just kind of did what they did. And and so now we've got this design. And anyway, it's okay. A couple other comments on it that uh, I'm just going back to some stuff that my wife said, She said this is the perfect coffee table device, which is kind of funny. You know, you look at this, this thing, and it's a, it's a, it's a tablet, it's a internet browsing device, it's a mail checker, I mean, it's all these different things, but really, it's one of those things where I feel like I, I go to pick it up just because I want to look at something, and it was... It was a task that I used my iPhone for before, but I can definitely see the iPad replacing that uh, and, and using that. The battery on it is very good. They say 10 hours is uh, is what you can get, you know, expect to get on it here. I'm looking at it right now. It's the afternoon on Sunday. It's about 5 p.m. local time, or actually 7 p.m. local time, excuse me, and I'm at about 35% left on battery life. I've not charged this thing yet since I've got it, so it came at about 95%. I used it a lot yesterday, all night last night. I was on the thing playing with it and doing You know, just kind of learning it and stuff like that. I've been on it quite a bit today, and obviously that's all with Wi-Fi on, and I'm still at, like I said, 35%. So not too bad on the battery life there. I think 10 hours is probably a fairly realistic expectation of the battery life. Um, A little app store confusion here that I, I think, you know, bears a little discussion. As an iPhone user, I'm very comfortable using the iTunes store to download applications. But what I found is when I went to look for iPad applications, they're almost intermingled with the other applications that are designed specifically for the iPhone. The way to get around this is to log on to the iTunes store directly from the iPad itself, and it will pull up the app store that it is intended to see, all the iPad applications. But then you can go in and you can search and you can download other ones as well that are designed for the iPhone and use them on there. It just it's very it, for someone who's used to this and used to the ecosystem and is working with Apple a lot. I was really not happy with with how that kind of went. I really wished it would have been separated out a little bit more. It would have made a lot more sense to me. So, uh, like I said, though using applications on that were intended to be used on the iPhone and designed to be used on the iPhone are not nearly as good. Uh, One that I will say is is still pretty neat. And I don't care that it's an iPhone application is the sling player. And you can launch your sling player application and then blow it up to twice the size. And you've got a really nice looking nine inch TV in the palm of your hand that is, you know, streaming over Wi-Fi. It's wonderful.
1: Yeah. And the anti-aliasing for that won't be too big of a deal for that. uh, But I'm sure they'll get that fixed up soon, too. Right, right.
0: Uh, iBooks. iBooks, I think, is kind of interesting, but I'm not a big novel reader, so I'm not, not sure how much I'm going to use that. The visual effects that they give for, you know, flipping through the pages, uh, searching for text within the books. I mean, it's it's really advanced and really fancy, and uh, I, I can I just saw myself. They, it comes with one free book. It comes with Winnie the Pooh. So if, you, if you've if you never read Winnie the Pooh, get yourself an iPad because then you'll get a free copy of Winnie the Pooh with it, right? Um, so it is kind of interesting. Like I said, I, I don't read a lot of novels, so I'm not sure how much I'm going to use that, but I'll do a lot of playing with that here, and I'm sure download a couple just to try out. It doesn't charge via USB on all computers. This was a, a big issue that kind of came out yesterday, and, and I don't know that it's going to be able to be fixed, because uh, there's there's comments out there that this thing needs, I think it's what, one amp of power to be able to charge appropriately? Does yeah. That, that sound right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And a lot of USB ports, uh, especially ones that are not on your computer directly, are limited to 500 milliamps, so only half that amount. Um, and then, then usually in order to charge at anything higher than that, you usually have to have a driver confirmation of that. So the, the device has to, to to communicate with the driver on the computer to say, okay, it is, I I do need more power, but it looks like either something got missed with the drivers or they, they just requiring way too much power for this thing. I, I would think that they, they should still allow a 500 milliamp charge. Um, it just, Obviously, it would take a lot longer to charge up, but I I just don't know why it's not working. And I have a feeling that's going to be fixed.
0: Mm. Well, the the poor thing is, honestly, that it only works on some computers. It seems like Windows computers are having a big problem. And Macs, only new ones, it seems, are working properly. I mean, it, it was frustrating to me to plug in this thing and not that it needed a charge but when i was thinking over all the data initially i mean the screen is on but it's not charging yet it's it's just sitting there and says not charging and i've got a 2007 macbook pro so it's not exactly you know the 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 latest and greatest here but it's it's only 3 years old you figured it would have enough power in the usb ports but apparently it doesn't so uh it's uh it's something that i think needs to get addressed one of the the biggest issues so far that i've seen with it uh, also using it while connected to Wi-Fi is nice and easy. I've got the overdrive still. So I'm going to be playing around with that here, uh, over the next week here. And I'm sure I'm going to have some fun using it kind of while I'm out and about just, uh, you know, not having to need
1: a three G connection because I've got one in my pocket. Well, this has at least a wireless G connection. Does it have N? It does have N. Okay. i kind of thought so. Yeah.
0: So those that are using either the Time Capsule or the uh, the other wireless devices from Apple or something separate that's got a wireless end connection, you'll be able to take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, it'd be great for local. You know, maybe not so much internet connections because usually they they don't they're not faster than a uh, G connection. However, if you have a local network that you can that you can access local information on, then that's a lot faster.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a probably a real easy. Uh, way uh, that they could have made this device as fast as possible, throwing in that n radio. So I can't wait to see that because I'm sure it will be coming for an iPhone here soon. And finally, on this thing, it is not a phone, but Joey and I made it a phone here this afternoon. We actually took it, launched Skype, of course. That is the Skype version for the iPhone, and I made a call to him over Skype on his cell phone and pretended to hold it like it's a phone. And it does have a microphone on the top of it. So the hardware, you know, does support it. It's got a microphone right up top next to a three and a half millimeter headset jack. And we made a
1: call. It was a phone call over the iPad. Yeah, that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen, Mickey, (laughs) but it works. And you know what? That's impressive. I like that.
0: Well, you can hold it up to your head and pretend like you're talking on it on the phone. It's like, think of, think of like holding like a, like a, a cake pan up to your head. <laughs> that's about what it feels like. So you can make Skype calls on it if you want, and if you've got a, a connection that can support it. And
1: it does Bluetooth, right? Where you can pair a headset to it.
0: Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Okay. That's a good thing. Keyboards, if you want to use it, you can pair it with a Bluetooth keyboard. The Apple uh, Bluetooth keyboards, I know for sure, will connect to it. So that's kind of a neat thing. So That is. Yeah. So a lot of different ways that you can connect and do different things. I opted for no accessories. I didn't know what I was going to need when I first ordered it because I'd never seen the thing. So I don't have any accessories. Yet, and uh, at this point, I have no plans to get any. Uh, analysts estimating that 600 to 700 thousand iPads were sold on launch day. Six to 700 thousand. That's amazing. Apparently, when the first iPhone launched, we had uh, approximately. Well, this was this was numbers that came out of the. Uh, flagship Fifth Avenue location here in New York City where they were talking about how they were pushing out approximately 350 customers per hour. uh, And that's what they were kind of gauging this off of. That was in the New York City area. And then up to when they sold the iPad here, then they were doing uh, 730 customers per hour. So amazing numbers of people Uh, that they were able to push this into the hands of. A lot of people were very interested in this device, so not sure exactly what the numbers are, but I'm sure we'll hear very soon. Some other Apple-related news. A new iPhone by this summer, Verizon by the fall. The Wall Street Journal reported this week that a new version of the iPhone would be out this coming summer, and also that Verizon is working on a version of the iPhone that's compatible with the Verizon network. No features have been disclosed, and the Wall Street Journal sources... Uh, are stated as being familiar with Apple's plans, but no official comments were made by them, of course, and I, to this one, I just kind of say, well, of course, you know, we've been talking about this now. Um, I, you know, I'm, I kind of made my turn on a Verizon iPhone here at the end of 2009. And so I, I'm I'm fairly certain this is true. You know, the the manufacturers of the chips are all over this stuff right now. And uh, we there was actually a comment in the Wall Street Journal article that Qualcomm makes the uh, chips for these particular uh, for CDMA devices. And I'm I'm Fairly confident, and, and uh, this is what I've been saying all along, that that is, in fact, what's going to happen is Qualcomm will make those chips. So we'll see what happens with that, and uh, hopefully that comes true. And another rumor, expose-like multitasking coming to the iPhone OS 4.0, and also an international iPad launch on April 24th. So those that are uh, outside of the
1: U.S. can hopefully expect their iPads coming here in just three short weeks. I think that's really interesting news about the uh, the expose-like multitasking, because that's going to really... Change the iPhone um, from what it is right now to to a different sort of device. It, it's going to put it up in the level of the the Android and the WebOS, mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately, a lot of the advantage you have right now with WebOS is multitasking, as well as Android. And once that happens, I, I think it's going to make it. Uh, 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 it it's going to make the iPhone a lot more powerful.
0: Well, okay, so kind of explain what that means. So this was in looks like the code of. The the uh, the operating system where they they referred back to multitasking. So what's this all about?
1: Yeah, they mention here kind of uh, you know it's kind of uh, written in kind of comment comment like a way here where they say double tapping the home button is going to bring up a uh, a multitasking dialog box. So basically, it's going to springboard it. Oh, so you'll probably have a, a panel where you see all the apps that you have running, and you'll just tap on it to relaunch it. So, you know, something like Exposé with the Mac. So it's going to be uh, or the new Windows Seven. When you do Alt Tab on that, you see, or is it uh, Window key Tab? You will get a, a kind of a lineup of what everything that's running
0: and hopefully that's where we're going to be able to choose what other applications that are currently running or leave that application open and then be able to go back and do either launch other applications or at least go to the other apps that are native. And ma- so
1: maybe it's just a one,
0: you know, one app at a time or two apps at a time. Who knows? Who knows what they're going to
1: do? It'll probably be one app at a time, but they'll stay running in the background fully. Mm-hmm. So you don't actually have to close out of an application to, to you know, switch back and forth between them.
0: I would love that for things like mail. That's one of the biggest things I'm seeing here as I'm playing with this iPad is I'm out doing different things, you know, in an application or something and it all of a sudden, you know, beeps at me that I've got a new email. I then have to close the application or whatever that I was working on, go into mail, and it's not that it doesn't sound like that big of a deal because I wouldn't necessarily be doing anything with that, but it it just it's annoying to then have to, you know, relaunch an entire application such as a game or something like that where it's going to take a little bit of time versus just pausing the game, you know, holding its state right where it is, then going back, you know, checking your email or whatever it was that you're doing and then come back to it. And it doesn't seem like it should be that difficult of a thing, but it's something that they haven't done.
1: Yep, And, uh, you know, we, we just keep seeing the evolution of, of the iPhone and its OS.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Uh, next thing here we had some other rumors here these ones from John Gruber of Daring Fireball where he talks about some of the features that we can expect to see in the next iPhone including an A4 family CPU system on chip as well as a 960 by 640 resolution display talking about a much higher resolution display double what we have right now and a second front-facing camera for video calling and of course the third-party multitasking on the iPhone so that's uh, you know very consistent here seems like it's definitely going to be coming here everyone's pointing that way
1: if we're going to see the iPhone HD here coming, and it's going to have that sort of resolution, that resolution basically matches the iPad resolution. So in that case, there's going to be the the non-issue once apps get updated. They're all going to be the same look. Yeah,
0: because that's where they're going to be. And if you've got one of the older applications, it, it doesn't matter. It can still handle the higher resolution. It's just going to look a little bit better, maybe, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, iPhone HD. Yeah, that's what Engadget is reporting. June 22nd is the date that they're speculating for that. So mark your calendars, June 22nd, right right on their iPhone HD, and we'll see in uh, three months from now if we were correct on that. Also references to new iPhones, a new iPod Touch, and new iPad was found in the software on the iPad. So people were taking a look at the uh, the OS and seeing in it that there were iPhones uh, 3, 2 and 3, 3, as well as an iPod 4, 1 and an iProd 2, 1. So that would be iPhones, iPod Touches, and a major revision of the Apple
1: iPad because we just didn't buy one right so, that's right <laughs> i am not quite sure what that you know you know what that tells me right there is that uh it's going to have the new o s and it's probably the new o s is going to be uh drastically different, so they probably have a maybe a different entry for it but i I'm just speculating I don't really quite understand the structure
0: yeah, a lot of different uh pieces of information listed there in uh in the system file the file system that is so Uh, Anyway, let's move on to some BlackBerry news here. Verizon's BlackBerry Tour gains push-to-talk powers. Uh, The Verizon Tour 9630 uh, has now the ability to have push-to-talk available. The application will let tour users initiate and participate in group calls with up to 50 participants and check colleagues' availability with the presence feature. End users' devices will have a single phone number for both voice and push-to-talk calls. Push-to-talk services will be available on a handful of other devices from Verizon as well. They noted that Motorola is helping to provide the application and technology to make it possible on the handsets. The service typically costs $5 per month, but will be free to new BlackBerry users who sign up during the promotion. It's available on devices that use RIMS, uh, uh, B-I-S, and B-E-S services. If you're a Sprint user and you've been holding out for a new BlackBerry, one may be right around the corner coming from the CrackBerry forums. Apparently, there's some word that a BlackBerry, uh, another tour here, the 9650, uh, to, or tour or two or bold, whatever yeah, you want to call I th- it. I
1: think it's going to be called the bold, Mickey. There's, all the indications are, are really leaning that way. You know, we first saw this thing called uh, Codename Essex back in December. We saw pictures of this. So it's it's a device that they've been testing for quite some time and it's really kind of needed, uh, you know, because right now Sprint's Curve and Tour, they, they you know, the, 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 their, their feature set are very strange because like the Curve is the entry level device. It's only $50 and they have a buy one free, uh, get one free offer going. But it has has wi-fi which is spectacular it doesn't have EVDO rev a it's got the new optical trackpad. it's great uh it's a great small handheld device but the screen resolution is kind of low on it Mm -hmm. and it other than that you know it's good but then you take the tour that's the premium device it's a bigger size you know keyboard's a little better a little nicer built but it still has the the trackball it has a better screen but there's no wi-fi and it has EVDO rev a (laughs) and it's global so it, it doesn't make sense because the the curve actually has Better features than the tour does, and that's kind of the fl- that's supposed to be the flagship one. So this uh, this ninety six fifty is going to make up that difference.
0: Well, and also the BlackBerry eighty two thirty. Now, those that remember the eighty two hundred series, that's the the
1: the flip. This is the flip. Verizon's discontinued this, Mickey. Uh, we we talked about that like uh, a week or two ago. Um, I love that form factor, Mickey. I just love that that's coming to Sprint. I I I wish it was an updated model though, where they had the optical trackpad. Um, that would fit so much better in that clamshell because the, the, the they, they they I mean they really did a pretty good job squeezing in there. But you know if it had an optical trackpad and a full QWERTY keyboard, uh, that I mean I'd be ordering that thing up as fast as I could possibly order <laughs> that thing.
0: Well, it's definitely had some quality issues with it. So. Um, hopefully, you know those won't come to and, and translate over to Sprint, but
1: I don't think so. I think they've got it pretty much uh, squared away because even the later versions, of the Verizon ones, they've got them uh, really fixed up now. Yeah, that's good news. Um, so anyway,
0: so, so some new Blackberries there. Those are all being shown on the Sprint order forms, so these are not yet available. Uh, we don't know anything else official from them other than they are on Sprint's ordering forms right now. The Verizon BlackBerry Bold confirmed for a May launch. This is also good news here coming to us from crackberry initial reports of a may released on the successor to the tour 9630 appeared to be uh directly from uh from them and it looks like these are going to be in may so
1: this is the bold they're mentioning that this is codenamed the bold again yep and uh you know the same thing as the sprint one we just talked about and and from what we did see uh, it is going to have rev a and it's going to be a global phone and it's going to have the optical trackpad and wi-fi so it's going to be a totally loaded um blackberry
0: yeah, and there's a Wes coming up here in, in just, a I think, maybe four or five weeks, something like that, which is the Wireless Enterprise Symposium, which is a big BlackBerry conference, and they're going to, uh, I believe, probably be announcing some new devices. This could be very well announced. Actually, all these devices could certainly be announced there. I think they will be. Yeah, so would make a lot of sense. Well, if you're a Curve 8500 user, you are one of many, a disproportionately large number of BlackBerrys, uh, 10.5 million to be exact, were shipped and have left the company Rim that is struggling to keep up. The shortages are sustained enough that Rim expects a limit of the number of phones that it can ship in the spring and warned that inventory is extremely low. Great news there though for Rim selling a lot of those uh, entry-level blackberries.
1: You know, I really like that curve, Mickey. I-, I love the size of it and the form factor and the optical trackpad. And I-, I, you know, I think the keyboard's pretty slick on there. Screen resolution's a little bit low. But um, I, I, the camera is really yeah, that's not nothing to write home about. But <laughs> I, I, you know, it's got a, a full three and a half millimeter headset headset jack. It's got play, pause, uh, track forward buttons on the top. Um, I that is a really cool phone.
0: Yeah, it, it is. I I do I like the size. I like the weight. The weight is great on this it's one. Very light. Very light, and it's you know it's very comfortable to use and you know overall it's it's not bad i still think it feels a little cheap don't get me wrong I, i'm not upset about it because it is a little bit lower
1: end than the tours i realize that but it is uh, and, and you know what mickey i completely disagree it just does not feel that way to me but i'm coming from the centro so uh yeah. you have to you gotta kind of have a comparison but i i did order two of those for uh for the office
0: yeah and uh you know for what are they? Whatever they're at now here, fifty dollars, fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's on Sprint. I'm not sure. They're probably a hundred on Verizon. I would imagine. Yeah, probably. So, anyway, if you can find one, though, it looks like that. Uh they're going to have some problems here keeping up with the demand. Well, some software news in a moment, but first a word about another way you can support the Cell Phone Junkie. The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked is our bi-monthly premium podcast where Joey and I delve into the depths of the mobile phone industry talking about all the things that give you your TCPJ fix. Sign up is easy. Just visit thecellphonejunkie.com, click on the link on the right side for TCPJ Unlocked, then click on subscribe to premium content and follow the instructions to get signed up. Thanks to everyone that's already supported us by by signing up we definitely appreciate every subscription well this week we released the cell phone junkie unlocked show number 47 and we talked about what's causing the wireless capacity crunch and also went through some in more detail some announcements from ctia 2010 so if you want to listen to that one and all the other shows make sure you subscribe to listen droid or Android 2.1 available for the Droid on Verizon went live this week a lot of enhancements here come down with this one and you have probably already got this if you're an Android user but if you haven't here's what you can look forward to pinch to zoom now available in the browser gallery and Google Maps so good news there uh, if you're looking to do some more pinching and zooming on your screen the new weather and news application is uh, now has widget support for it there's new support for voice to text entry new gallery application with 3d layout live wallpapers offer a richer animated interactive background on your home screen there's also free yahoo mail now supported google maps updates which give you personalized suggestions and synchronized starring with desktop uh, maps.google.com as well as an improved pattern lock functionality and improved handset audio when disconnecting a wired So a lot of other things as well, but those are some of the highlights here. You should have already received it, but if you didn't, uh, we're going to put a link in the show notes here for where you can go to actually download it directly if you wanted to do it. Otherwise, uh, you should be up to date here with 2.1 on your droid. Verizon Wireless made an official software update available for the BlackBerry Tour 9630. It's upgrading the device now to the 5.0 system software, offering a number of improvements, including smoother operation of the camera, improved Bluetooth and call log support, better SMS and MMS software, improved video streaming, and better GPS support. The download is accessible from Verizon uh, Verizon Wireless's support
1: site. And also, I just know for a fact, uh, uh, this is available for Sprint as well.
0: Yeah, so this is something that has been available, what two, three weeks, maybe uh, even more.
1: I'm not sure when it yeah. became available, but at least, at least that. Anyway,
0: now on Verizon. So if you've got a Verizon tour, you're up to date with them as well. The WebOS 1.4.1.1 now available for Sprint Palm OS, or excuse me, WebOS devices. So if you've got a WebOS. Uh, Device either pre or pixie. It's a 10 megabyte patch getting you up to 1.4.1.1. Should have been pushed out to you. Takes about five minutes to install bug fixes and other fun things are coming with that one. Software maker double twist recently made a new version of its smartphone syncing software available that provides a much improved way to browse through the Android marketplace from the desktop. If you're an Android user, you know that launching or searching for applications has always been done on the phone. DoubleTwist Twist makes it easy to do so from your computer. The software lets you switch, excuse me, search for applications and see more information about each application, such as a description, screenshots, and reviews of that particular app. Users can scan a barcode on the screen with their device to receive a link to the application to download. Applications cannot be downloaded directly from the Android Market via Double Twist. Twist, however, it also lets users sync media such as music, videos, and other things over. Uh, or to the device if you're looking for a way to manage your media and over the air air over the air syncing will be later available later this year excuse me the new software is available for Macs as well as Windows coming soon Windows Phone 7 series is no longer the official Windows Phone Twitter account at Windows Phone says that Microsoft is removing Siri series so the name is now Windows
1: Phone 7 um finally they did at least a positive naming convention improvement it's still too long in my opinion but hey it's at least a slight step in the right direction
0: i guess i'm windows phone seven i think that's what we were all going to call it anyway so
1: it's just baffling yeah
0: whatever one question here this week actually it's a comment and it's from adam he says on episode 200 you mentioned how inductive chargers are less efficient than standard wall chargers But some details about the Palm Touchstone for the Pre and Pixie go against that theory. If you check out the site cellflarenews.com, it mentions how precentral.net reader Otto plugged his Touchstone into a kilowatt meter and wrote the following, I always assumed that, like my induction charger on my electric toothbrush, which draws one watt of power all the time, the Touchstone was an energy waster despite its convenience. Uh, Further, I assumed the induction charger to be inefficient and thus even more wasteful. Well, having tested it with a kilowatt meter, I learned that it actually draws zero watts until the phone is placed on it, and then it only draws a, draws a mere four watts. Uh, while some inductive chargers may be inefficient, I wanted to make sure that you were aware that Palm was able to make a rather efficient and convenient inductive charger. Thanks for the show, Adam. Well, Joey, that, that's a good uh, good thing to know is that if you are using a Palm Pre or Palm Pixie with uh, the Touchstone charger, you can leave it plugged in all the time. It's not going to draw that uh, vampire power.
1: Not as much. You know, obviously, the the, the kilowatt meter it probably doesn't have very good accuracy down into that really low um, uh, amperage draw there, so it's probably still drawing somewhere, you know, in the three hundred milliamps or you know, uh, you know, milliwatts range. So, it I'm sure it it has to have vampire power. Uh, there's no way I'd, I don't think it could even not. Um, but it, it, it's, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it has some sort of magnetic read switch that kicks it on once you set the uh, phone down. Cause I know it does hold it with magnets. So actually that is uh, very possible that it does that. So it could draw basically zero or zero when it's uh, not down. But as far as the efficiency goes, it probably still isn't as efficient as actually making a wired connection. So maybe that it's drawing four Watts while it's charging, it may only be getting three Watts into the phone.
0: Well, and that's a good point. I mean, there's there's obviously a difference there, and it's you know ch- you know drawing power while it's actually on and charging versus drawing power when there's nothing on it. And you know, what do you what do you think is is the is there an easy way to test that? It's probably not, haunted. not
1: really. I mean, if you have a utility like I have a utility on the Centro that can tell me um, exactly the milliamps that are going into the the battery. Um, so that's really interesting there, but for for the uh, the, the charging uh, way of a phone it's it's not that easy to tell.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's a, a real good way to to really check that out other than you know possibly really getting into some technical stuff and, and digging it apart and connecting
1: Exactly you have to break you'd have to to disconnect the battery and, and insert an ohm meter, or a, a, an amp meter in between the uh the charging circuits you know it would be way too it'd be you know major surgery to do that but but as far as the 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 power usage goes the inefficiency of charging is nothing compared to the vampire the standby vampire power that this is way more beneficial to have it uh you know cut the power to to zero or almost zero versus a, a slight inefficiency during charging because it sits idle way more than it's actually charging
0: yeah. And, you know, overall, I think there's probably um, it's it's still a really neat technology and still really fun to use. So if you've got it, don't feel bad that you're, you know, maybe a little bit more inefficient, but no, absolutely not. Yeah. So, well, th- anyway, thanks to Adam for sending in that comment. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to questions at com or send us a voicemail 206203. 3734, and leave us a voicemail by doing that. There's also ways to find us on Twitter. You can go to twitter.com slash TCPJ underscore Mickey, or twitter.com slash TCPJ underscore Joey. Now, before I I take us out here, I wanted to ask Joey here, because he has now spent literally the last 45 minutes of the show, and he has been using the iPad the entire time to read all the show notes here, as I mentioned earlier. So what what do you think about this so far? I I need
1: a, a gesture to go back backwards in safari is there one mickey uh
0: not on the ipad i do not
1: believe okay because that that that's the only thing i don't like so far otherwise it's pretty handy
0: i mean how is it going through each of the stories here because each of the things that we talk about here is a separate tab in a browser and so we usually have you know 40 50 60 tabs open is it really that easy or how is this you know how was it to go back and forth
1: it was uh cumbersome to go back and forth i wish it was in tabs um but I, i don't know how you can open up all that uh open up all those tabs from the list of documents
0: yeah i I don't know overall i think it was you know a pretty a pretty neat thing to do to be able to read all these different stories and and go through them and follow them in here so been a lot of fun here and always fun to be doing the show together in minnesota so anyway joey thank you very much as always for your time we'll talk to you later thanks for listening for more information about the stories you've just heard visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com